You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Welcome to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. I'm here with Steve and Vicki Orsillo. Hello. Merry Christmas, Luke. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We are very Christmassy here at the Father's House. It's been so fun. We've got lights everywhere at our Lights of Hope event, and I have a pile of Christmas gifts that are overwhelmingly slightly in our Get to Hope program. But well, let me just let me just brag on you because you know you probably want us to brag on you anyway. It would help, wouldn't it? Sure, somebody doing it, right? Uh, Luke is um, the general of our Gift of Hope um, program, which is 1,556 kids in our county. Monumental task. We went to 1,557, actually. Oh, you got one more? 1,557. You're going to correct us for one kid out of 1,557. See, his love take is very empty. I love that, yeah. That extra person. So um, we will be giving those out next week on the 20... Two weeks. uh, Two weeks. And it's just been remarkable to go over there and just help and the way they got it organized and... um, and then we're in the middle of Lights of Hope, which is our Christmas light walk. And um, we've been blessed with rain, lots of rain, which California needs, and lots of snow. But we're praying and hoping that it just rains after 9 o'clock every day, right? Yep. But we're open Tuesday through Sunday if you're anywhere around. That's Lights right. Of Hope, it's, it's been delightful. So oh, it's so fun. wonderful. Yeah. I walked it again last night, and it was just like the attention to details. I think, and the people that come out in these weeks, you know, really get to enjoy the thing. Walk, yeah. they get a choice of fires. They get everything wide open. That last couple of weeks, if, if there's only you know, if there's only a few days left of no yeah. rain, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be crowded. So come out early. Yeah, it's beautiful, and it's worth seeing. There's some really it's cool. It's beautiful. It's like a really Hallmark cool Christmas village. Oh yeah. Hard work and lots of creativity, and it's beautiful. We had a, I had a lady yesterday who came out the night before and came out. The, yesterday so two nights in a row she just said you know i've never seen anything like it it's like uh she said i just watched a hallmark um, christmas movie she said you know how the towns are all like christmasy and you want to live in that town she goes that's exactly what lights of hope is so i thought that's that's perfect that's a perfect description so come on out we love you Uh, merry christmas and if you're a subscriber to the podcast make sure you find steve and i we're out there every night that's right too yeah that's right well, let's uh, dive into Why our topic not? for today. Right. We're in uh, Luke chapter 9, and we're going to start in verse uh, 22. This is Jesus speaking about himself. He says, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. <clears throat> and he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whomever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I say to you truthfully, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. So that's, uh, you know, full of a challenge. Yeah. You know, it's full of something that I don't think you can really know what God did for us 
really consider the cross, really consider the whole choice of salvation where God decided to make a way for man to be able to be holy enough to come back to him. Um, I hear often, you know, the plan. In my 47 years, I have heard often, and even Billy Graham, someone that I hold in the highest esteem, sells it as a very easy thing to do. Just respond to this, pray this prayer, say these things, believe these things in in terms of saying you believe them, and you shall be saved. Right. And then Jesus says this, um, the Son of Man must suffer many things. Oh, my gosh. My phone's ringing. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. And then he follows that with anyone who would come after me, hmm. meaning anyone who would follow in my footsteps. Right. Now, if you know the chief priests and the scribes and the elders and all that stuff, and you know how bad they can be, the crucifixion, the scourging, the beating, the, the terrible treatment of a prisoner was not an uncommon thing. They were aware of this. They, this wasn't, you know, wasn't when he's guy. saying what they're going to do to him, they, they all had a picture. We have a past picture. Hollywood showed us some mm-hmm. pictures. But they had the reality of it in their day. They had people on crosses in their town often. Mm-hmm. Whether it was all every day of the year, I don't know. But it was often enough to where they saw this. And then he says, if anyone wishes to come after me. You know, I'm going to have this stuff and they're going to kill me. They're going to do these things. Um, I, I'm going to be raised. I'm going to raise up, but mm-hmm. in, and anyone wants to go through the death of themselves, mm-hmm. only to be resurrected on a prior day, you know, to come to life again, come after me. Let him take up his cross daily and follow me. Mm-hmm. Each day of your life, die to yourself. Each day of your life, let the world crucify you. Each day of your life be resurrected out of that death into life. And I would say that if we talk to most Christians, you know, it surprises people that, you know, we we use this term, how you doing? Hmm. And the answer is pretty, you know, I'm alive, aren't I? I woke up today. And they have such a low opinion of life on earth. And me, I'm just like, I love my life. And it is, I love walking with Jesus through life. And I love the fact that I get to be resurrected in life in a supernatural way, in a way that I don't deserve, in a way that I haven't earned. In just This deal is offered to me. And I look with the plan he made for me. And look at what he did to make that plan possible. Mm-hmm. And that's all he's saying is, I, I'm going to do this plan. I'm going to fulfill my Father's will and do this plan, be raised up on the third day. And if you want to come with me, you got to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow me. I also have to go to Jerusalem, hmm. you know. Well, it might not be Jerusalem. It'll be your own Jerusalem, the Jerusalem of your own making. And then he goes and says, I mean, what is it going to profit you? You're gonna, if you don't agree to this deal, if you don't decide to be one who follows me, you'll be building your own life, and I'm telling you, in the end, you'll lose it. Wow. God's made a plan for you to live, so live. But accept that that plan doesn't include you making your own life. This plan 
means I make your life. You give your life to me, follow me through a death of self on a daily basis. Right. Well, I did die to myself back in 1975. No, 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 no. A daily basis since then, there have been, you know, 40, 50,000 days. Mm-hmm. Been, you know, I don't know how many days are in 40, 50 years, but, you know, um, it's crazy. 15,000, whatever yeah. it is. I don't know. A lot of days. A lot of days. Yeah. Where each day you've got to die to yourself. Can I promise I did it every day? I don't know if I can or not, but I know that it's my goal to die daily and follow Jesus daily. And he says, you can't be ashamed of his words. And his words are crazy. If you don't love me a lot more than your mother, father, brother, sister, sons, and daughters, there's got to be a chasm chasm between mm-hmm. you and your love for your children, your love for your, your world, your love for your country, your love for all the things that you, you love. I have to be way above them. And then your life, though you lose it, you will live. If you die, yet shall you live. He who is dead, yet shall he live. And if you save your life, try to save what you want of your life. I want to live here. I want my kids to go to this school. I want my world to be this way. I want to go this way today and that way tomorrow. If you don't give that up and say, your will, not my will, you can't have this. But if you do choose to die to self, you'll be resurrected in new life. And it says right there, you, you will find your life. What profit is it if he gains the whole world but loses or forfeit yourself? And I think that these are the, this phrase in this, in this place has us in a, in, a, in a quandary in Christianity today because we so well we sold so well to just respond to this altar call, mm-hmm. come to this place, say this prayer, say these things, say you believe these things, and your life will change. And then Christians are miserable. Wow. They really are miserable. And they, and they walk away from the, the droves of them are walking away from Jesus, deciding it's a fairy tale, mm-hmm. just following something called the Spirit, you know, and leaving Jesus, the name of Jesus behind. Um, and he's saying, I'm telling you, some of you that think you're going to taste the kingdom of heaven, you're not going to taste it. You're not going to be in the kingdom of heaven. And he says, it, this is one of those so very clear communications, you know, where I started was he just so clearly lays down this. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Mm. Yeah, it's a. I was just thinking about it as I was planning about this when I think of the whole Christmas story too, right? Yeah. Jesus is only really asking us to do what he himself did. Yeah. Right? He gave up his life in in heaven and came to earth for our sake and picked up his cross and followed the Father every day and, you know, denied what he deserved so that we could have what he deserved, right? And even that whole idea of, I want what I, you know, I don't get what I deserve. We, you know, we get what he deserves. And that, that just blows my mind. My mind. But Can so you imagine we what we want now? Lately, I've seen two uh, newborns, mm-hmm. you know, just right after birth, the day or so later, right? So they are so tiny. And you just think about when you just saw their mother last, she was this, had this big old belly and mm-hmm. she's about to deliver. And can you imagine being that you knew what was coming? 
consciously knew you were going to spend nine months inside of a womb. And then you're conscious. You're a conscious being. You're a sentient conscious being. And you have to go through the birth canal to come to life. And then you have to be trapped in the body of a baby, a newborn. And all of the things he did for us, the life he brought, the plan of God to give us new life, to celebrate us, to the Bible says the angels of heaven will even throw a party and celebrate for the for the repentance and turning of one soul. And I think it's glorious, and I and I want to up, I want to sell that. This is the greatest thing that ever happened on planet Earth. And for me, it's been that great for forty-seven years. Mm-hmm. It's been that great, you know, to walk with Him and to know love and to know life, and to constantly make my life not about what He's doing for me on Earth. It isn't. I, I never want it to be about what He does for me on Earth. I want it to be about what He did on a cross. But also what he did on earth. Mm-hmm. He, that whole plan of the birth, the Christmas story, that whole plan of the Good Friday, that whole plan of, of the, the resurrection, the right. whole thing. And then in between all that teaching, I want my life to be about that and about what he did, not what I'm doing. I want it to be about glorifying him. And he says that this is the joy set before him. It's me. It's you. It's everyone who follows Jesus and takes advantage of the cross. That's the joy set before him. That's what he endured the cross for. And I, and that is his pleasure. It's his happy thought. And I think that what we, when we look at when we fulfill God's happy place, his happy, his happy desire to save us, you made it son, you made it daughter. You took advantage of Jesus's cross. I mean, that is what he's talking about here, telling us how. Deny yourself? I think every pastor out there just wishes people in his church would deny themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's so crazy how many, it's all about me. Yeah, It's all, you know, I can preach to a group of people and tell them that their behavior is hurting others. Have you considered your behavior? We had sermons a few weeks ago from the uh 14th chapter of Luke, there's Jesus teaching about parties. Like, have you considered who you're inviting to your party? Is your party good for these people? Hmm. Is the party you're accepting an invitation to, is it good for you? Is it a good party to be going to? And then who's teaching you? Who's preaching to you? And all it is is questions. Like, have you considered these things? Jesus is teaching about what you do when you go to a party. He's teaching about what you do when you throw a party. And he's talking about millstones around your neck i mean it's like he's talking about how we behave and how wedding feasts are done right and he's and so it's like have you considered whose wedding feast you're going to whose wedding feast who you're inviting to your wedding feast and i mean and people just get crazy about you know you're criticizing me Hmm. and and it's like no uh, no, I was asking you because this we want to get there. Right. And I'm saying, shouldn't we just talk to each other about this and see what we're doing right and wrong? You know, don't we want to hear uh, messages from Jesus that challenge us to do it right? Like I'm going to how do, am I, how am I not forfeiting my life? Mm-hmm. Um, well, have you considered these things? Oh, you're being offensive. You're criticizing me. No, no, no. This isn't about you. This is about God's desire to save you. You're supposed to diminish so that he can increase. Mm-hmm. Your, your life is supposed to become less important to you, not to him, to you, 
so that he can make it more important and we can we can fulfill we can cross the finish line of fulfilling the purpose of the cross jesus says i'm going to um suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and i'll be killed and be raised up this is my path and i'm doing this to make it so you too can be with me yeah see he was already there he didn't have to do this to get to heaven he already was there. He came, he left heaven by choice to go through the birth canal, to come out on the, you know, mm-hmm. manger floor mm-hmm. and cry, have somebody slap him awake. Yeah. And I mean, he, he did the whole thing, you know, baby carried everywhere to walking, to toddling, to, you know, he had to grow up. Yep. And he did it all by choice for the purpose of presenting us before his glorious throne. Wow. And I don't think very many people live in that. Like, how are you doing? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I'm known by God and I know God. I hear his voice. How could I mean there's been a plan made for me. There's been a there's been forgiveness given to me. I have seen the glory of the Lord God. I I have walked in his glory. And how could I how can I mean I don't you know in the time my house is burning down, in the time my grandchild is sick and it's miserable. Our our, our daughter is weeping. You know, our granddaughter finally succumbs and dies. And you if you'd asked me in those times, how are you doing? I just said, I'm doing amazing. It, it is amazing. I have a granddaughter dying. It's the saddest thing I've ever experienced. And she is so precious to our soul. But we're actually doing wonderful because we know where she's going. Mm-hmm. And we know what's we know what's happening here. And we we don't deserve any different. We don't, we're not saying that it should go different. Why, why, why me, Lord? We're not saying that. We're saying we're just so grateful that we have faith to know where she's going and that we actually have a chance of meeting her there one day mm-hmm. because of where we're going. That's really good. And, we're com- and when he says he would come after me, me and my wife, my, my family, we're going after him. Mm-hmm. We have a family of three now, really, in our house, you know, me, me, Vicky, and Mark, and we're going after him. We're going after him. And so, and there are crosses, the crosses of leukemia in a seven-year-old, the crosses of the fire that burns your house down, the crosses of your Jordy Mumby dying with leaving four children behind at only 40 years old. And, you know, our associate pastor, we have crosses to bear, but not once have we in our tears said our life was miserable. The, oh, woe is me. It's not about me. And that's what he's talking here. If you lose your life, you're going to find life even in the trials and tribulations of this world. So anyway. That's really good. That was really good. It is really, if you would have asked me years ago about that, if I could walk through my granddaughter dying or my associate pastor dying or anybody dying that's close to me, I would have said I couldn't, I couldn't even handle it. It would be really difficult to go on and I think as you walk this out and realize God is God and, and he, he's in control and you don't want to be ashamed of anything Jesus is part of, I think it's really an um, important message um, because the truth is these things, things are going to happen to people. Mm-hmm. And um, the older you get, the more you know that things are going to happen to you in your life and knowing who Jesus is and you know picking up your cross and following him. Uh, um, crosses, are, I'm sure, are different for every person. But for us, this is what's happened since 2008. There's been a lot of stuff going on, and, and uh, 
I just want to never question who God is or who Jesus is in my life. I want to make him famous, and I want to to uh, just bow to his God Godhead, his right. his, ki- his kingship, lordship, yeah, yeah, lordship. That's really good. I was thinking, you know, in this verses too, we, we talked a lot about the first half. I just wanted to come down to verse uh, 26, which she, these words are, yeah, that's amazing. are very powerful. Um, it says, for whomever is ashamed of me and my words, yeah. Yeah. the son of man will be ashamed of him oh my gosh. when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels. Yeah. I, um, that's powerful. And I just, again, um, shocked at the incredible amount of power that Jesus speaks with. These are not words for uh, the weak of heart. Right. These are not wor- words for religious. These are not wor- words for just, well, they are. It, it To me, it's like, how can you read these words? Again, it says, whoever is ashamed of my words, and the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. Reading Jesus' words, and that's what we do every Sunday for sure, is we just go through the um, the Gospels, one, two, three, four, you know, whatever Gospel we're in. And those words are just, they continue to just, uh, not th- what's it called, just cause you to examine your life. And I don't want to be ashamed of what he said. I don't want to be, I don't, and I don't want to dismiss any red letters. Yeah. I want to say, this is what he meant, this is what he said. I, who am I to say, well, that's not exactly what he meant. So he says these things that whoever's ashamed of, the, of my words, I'll be ashamed of him. Well, I just don't want to do that. Right. I want to make it my life goal not to be ashamed of his words. I want to actually know his words in context and try to act upon him. That's the wise man who acts upon him. So, I mean, that's amazing. I think that, uh, you know, this whoever is ashamed of me and my words... Um, he gives a pretty bleak-looking warning. Mm. And I think that Jesus Mm. does a lot of warnings. I find myself, you know, I honestly live Jesus in an extremely positive manner. Mm. I walk my life out for all of my life in total faith in him. Everything I do is with this great expectation of his presence in my life. And I practice his presence incredibly Mm. well. But when I preach Jesus' words, I seem like I'm always giving warnings. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, feels it, like really, it. it really does seem like I'm constantly bringing conviction, constantly sharing this, if yeah. you do not love me more, or if you cycle. do not just hate, yeah. you know, the word hate for your yeah. father and mother, do, me, do not love me more. It's like, it's like this is going to befall you, and this is going, it's you're terrible. not going to get this. And yeah. if you do this, you'll get this, but if you don't, you'll get that. And I mean, it is. Every, it's, every it's week. the whole thing is warnings. The two, every, all these two foundations, mm-hmm. two, all the seeds on the road. Which yeah. one are you? You know, the virgin bridesmaids. Which right. one are you? You know, branch on the tree. Which one are you? And it's just so many. And this one here is, it, it really is another warning of huh. if you're ashamed of me. The, I mean, it's not a good outcome. It is something to be looked at and said, man, this is important. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it's so important. And I, I sometimes try to change a conversation in a Christian setting to the name of Jesus instead of, for, have, for instance, Father God, Father God, Father God. Someone's trying to, I change it. 
We, we need to make sure we're not ashamed of his name. I think it's something to think about, okay. to use his name out loud. Yeah. You know, that because, you know, we've just come through a 10 or 15-year period where to say God has not really been a problem. Mm-hmm. Because anybody can say, well, my God is, or my God is this, or my God is that. So you do the word God. Yes, I God, God is a God. But you say, Jesus, you're being a very specific manifestation mm-hmm. of the one true God. That's right. And you're saying that his words are final. His words are law. That's right. His, he says, you obey me, my commandments, and you'll receive all of these things. And he says here in verse 27, I say to you truthfully. And he, I mean, he says that all the time, truly, truly, verily, verily, I say to you truthfully, listen, you, he'll say, he'll say, listen, you, I'm going to tell you something. And I think this one here, whoever's ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him. That's whoever he'll be ashamed. The son of man, God himself, God, the man, Jesus, that means Jesus will be ashamed of you if you're ashamed of him. He will be resistant to you. He'll be your, what he's saying, we will be your enemy. Mm. If you don't, and, and what did he just say? Yeah. Pick up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. Can we just define that word ashamed? Like, what does that actually mean? Like, is it, it it's not like guilt, shame. Is it like, at what what is it actually getting at? Um, it's really like good. denial more? Or? Um, I think it's denial. Afraid to stand yeah. alongside of. Okay. It is yeah. denial. Yeah. It yeah. is it is a shame. Yeah. You know, it, a shame. Yeah. Duh. Past tense. Yeah. Like you are ashamed. Duh. Yeah. Um, and he, what he's saying, ashamed of. Right. And it's like, are you a follower of Jesus? Um, 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 well, sort of. Mm-hmm. You're ashamed of Jesus. Right. You don't want the person that asked you. You don't boldly and say yes. Mm-hmm. If they come up with you with guns in their hands and you just saw them shoot 50 Christians because they were Christians. Are you a Christian? Uh, right now I'm ashamed to be a Christian. Right. And then you say, no, now your shame goes deeper. Right. And, and there's a, there's a foundation in your shame now. Good. And see, I think shame is a good thing. There's a lot of people who think it's a horrible thing, but I think shame is the thing that keeps you like you're, you're sliding off the scale. You're moving off the straight and narrow. And all of a sudden you're ashamed of yourself. It's like you now have an absolute possibility to adjust your course and get back on the straight so and narrow. So it's probably conviction more so too, isn't it? It is conviction, yeah. but that's conviction of something you did yeah. wrong. Yeah. Well, that's but, shame. But, yeah. but if I choose, if I'm ashamed of me, like mm-hmm. I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't believe I did right. that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I reacted that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm ashamed. Uh, it's a in me. It's a great thing that gets me back on track, back yeah. on back aiming towards that narrow door, yeah. and denying myself, picking up my cross, That's following really him. He's going to be killed. I'm going to be killed, or I'm going to die anyway. I may not be killed or murdered, but I'm going to right. die. And so then on the third day, will I be resurrected? Well, maybe I don't know how many days that is, but I will be resurrected Mm -hmm. and I will stand before my God and he will decide, did I live my life ashamed of him Mm -hmm. or was I willing to be all out there, right out there on the pinnacle, man, standing on the prow of the boat, man, and just yelling, Jesus, you know, or, or proclaiming his lordship of my life and saying, you know, why, why don't you 
act this way? Why don't you accept these people because I love Jesus? Why don't you hate these people because I love Jesus? Why do you love these people because I love Jesus? I mean, it's like, are you ashamed to say what you believe? You know, I love these people, but that doesn't mean I approve of what they're doing. Really I love this, you know, I love these people, but they are hurting other people and I am not approving of what they do. They want to make it hate. That's not hate. I, 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 I have to not be ashamed to stand alone, to be seen, mm. to be known for my faith in Jesus, that I proclaim his name. I, I speak his words, like ashamed of me or my words, mm. and his words don't bother me. If, you, if, you're, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I'm not afraid to say that because I know what he means. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't want the world walking around with no hands and eyes and all that. That's really good. He wants the world walking around without sin. Good. He wants us to be forgiven and then go and sin no more. Yeah. Right. Not go cut our hands off. Not go pluck our eyes out. Right. Your hand doesn't cause you to sin. Your your mind does. You can't yeah. cut your mind off. How about you stop your mind, get it right instead of starting to cut appendages off. That's really good. Huh. But what he's trying to say really is not that we walk around handless and eyeless. It's that. We understand how serious sin is and stop doing it. That's really good. That was the point of that message. I'm not ashamed of those words. I'm not ashamed of the words he preached. Yeah. Any man in me, any branch in me that does not bear good fruit will be cut off and later thrown into a fire. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's, that's some that's sobering serious. words. I think that's one of the challenges that, you know, the seeker sense to movement, right, is that we, we want to make his words more palatable so that we can yeah. draw a crowd. Yes, 100%. But then are we really teaching them how to be disciples it's of really Jesus, good. right? Is the yeah. becomes the question. Yeah. Really and I, and I, I've heard some secret sensitive preachers preach some really direct, right. challenging messages. And I wonder how do they get away with it? And the things they practice about how careful they are in communication. Uh, there's a lot of those kinds of things. I, I also think many of them will admit that they can't build leadership that way. Mm -hmm. They really struggle making leadership. And um, I, I think I know that, you know, um, one of my leaders went to a secret sensitive church recently and got a job and they're, they're going to be a standout. I mean, they're just going to be a standout because they are, they understand all in, they understand going full blast. Right. The, the, they're, they're working for Jesus. And I'm, I know this church is going to find that they have had very few people come through it to work for Jesus, and they're working for a paycheck. They're working to make it, you know, to look good in a in a large organization. But I know this one person is going to yeah. stand out like you wouldn't believe because they're tremendously talented, mm -hmm. and they work for Jesus, mm -hmm. and they're going to shine. They're not ashamed but of the words. That that they're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right. and they're going to shine. Because that system doesn't make people like them. This system makes people like them. Jesus the system. Of, That's really the good. Of Jesus, the Jesus system. Reading uh, a steady diet of Jesus' words is what makes disciples like Amen. that. Good. And I think that the, the big hope for the future of the church is, I think that seeker-sensitive model of ingress and mm -hmm. egress and communication and everything is really good. Mm-hmm. As long as there's some disciples that are not ashamed not of really his good. word or his name yeah. and go all in to work for him and understand losing their life so that they might gain it I one day. Yeah. And that, you know, the heritage of their life will be what they do now will end up 
proving what happens later. Okay. Jesus will not be ashamed of them, will not reject mm-hmm. them. And that's what these words say. Anyway. That's really good. That's really good. I, and even in, you know, whether it's the church models or even in our own families or friendships groups, right? Sometimes it's, do I really want to hold this person to the stand that Jesus said or do I want to like preserve relationship and be nice and it's okay right there's that his words really do he says it himself like I'm, I didn't come to bring peace but a sort of like there yeah. is that divisive yeah. nature right with his words but yeah but we want to like everybody right right we want, to, we want everybody to like us we want yeah. to get on and you know especially for you know certain personality types maybe care more yep. or less than others but it's this but we read these scriptures where he says like I'm gonna go suffer and die this is what they're gonna do to me and I know I'm inviting you to come with me and the result of you coming with me will be this. But if you don't, then it's crazy. It's, this is what's going to happen. But the truth is, when you look at what he did for us, I mean, I've talked a lot right. about it already, the birth canal, yep. the life on earth, all the way through to the cross, the resurrection, then yeah. the ascension. You see his life on earth and you look at your life, you know, you don't measure up at all. No. In the feeding of thousands, the healing of the blind and all that stuff. Even the truths you preach don't come close to what he was preaching. And so are we ashamed of what he preached? I, ho- I know I'm, I know we are not. Mm-hmm. But um, it seems to be the litmus test, right? So you go through this, this whole righteousness, and, and everybody says, well, then you're making it about works. Well, I didn't. He's the one saying these things. Mm-hmm. So in the end, are we, are we going to go to the cross in 50 million different ways, bankruptcies, failures, being stolen from, mm-hmm. loved ones being injured, hated. being hated, rocks thrown at you, right. cancers, pestilence, floods, fires, you know, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, the whole earth against us, right. weather against us, you yeah. know, the whole everything, everything but God failing us. And we say, why didn't you? We start, we doubt him. We question him. People say they're mad at him. I mean, that how? what right do you have to be mad at him? Hmm. And it's like, you only have you to blame. We only have us to blame, and we're mad at him. And in the end, after doing all this stuff, and, every, and really, really, it's a common, almost every counseling appointment in a pastor's life is somebody not doing this. Somebody's wow. failing mm-hmm. the faith. Wow. But you go through all of these things, and God. do you have joy? Hmm. Do you have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your sorrow because your granddaughter died? Do you have the shock? The P- we really recognize we have a little bit of this PTSD kind of numbness over fire mm-hmm. because our house burned down. And we didn't think it would ever burn down, but it burned down. And so you go through those things and still sense the, 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 the Spirit of God and the peace that he's got us. Yeah. it's going to be tough. This is going to be hard. We're going to live in a garage. Right. We're going to make the best of it. It's going to be hard, but he's with us. That's good. <clears throat> because he's good with us, it's going to be good. Yeah. We're so sad she died, but then there's this, man, she's not suffering anymore. We're so glad she's not suffering anymore. Our daughter crying and weeping. We know she's got this dark night of the soul to go through. And it's like, but she will come out the other end, for we know that she knows him. And this plan that he created for us is so good. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he didn't come through for me. Well, yeah, he already did come through for me on the cross. 
How dare I say he didn't come through for me? He did come through for me. I know I struggled with it worse. The worst time I ever struggled with it was not in death. It wasn't in fire. It was bankruptcy. Like there's no chance on earth a man who gives as much as I do should ever fail. God's going to, you know, because that all those sermons about, you know, the, yeah, the hundredfold return, you can't outgive God. And I had to wrestle with it. But wait a minute. Am I OK with this being the cross I'm supposed to bear? Mm -hmm. I had to come through that because failure is my big, my big Achilles heel. I don't want to fail right. ever. I hate failing. Mm -hmm. And so when I failed, my whole business crashed in front of the whole world. I mean, I didn't respect me mm -hmm. and I wanted to blame God. But did I walk through it? Did I come through the fire with the peace of God? Did I come through it with the trust in him that it was all his anyway? Did, you know, I come to the right conclusions in my struggle. And was I ashamed to get up and say, no, I serve Jesus. And if he led me into bankruptcy and he led me into trouble and he led me into, then I'm okay with it. If we get to heaven and find out he didn't, that I made all those choices, he's still with me. That's good. He still walked in it with me. And I had peace because I knew he was with me. I practiced his presence and there he was. Really and good. my wife was happy and she was set free and I was set free and my children were shocked. But they came alongside and said, you know what? Things are better now than they were before. That's wonderful. So as we follow him and don't, you know, uh, that phrase always sticks with me. What, what good does it do uh, for a man to gain, you know, as a prophet, a man to gain the whole world, but forfeit his soul? Jeez. You know, like that's that's this message in a nutshell. Yeah, like, in a nutshell, you know, let's let's make sure that we're choosing to to walk with Jesus in the life that He led, the example He set, and we will be amazed by what He does in us and through us and with us. So, right. as you go about this uh, Christmas season, just make sure that you take a moment just to thank Jesus for, for the for the life that he lived for us mm -hmm. that's what Christmas is about the beginning of his life the journey towards the cross and let's just be thankful for be thankful. who he is and what he did for us amen. amen amen see you guys next time thank you for listening to the Uncommentaries podcast today I hope this episode encouraged you inspired you maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live if you haven't already please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth podcast that way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.